0: I have a very high expectation of what I've always thought this franchise is, and that was the best franchise in sports. In the moments where we are now, as players, we got to execute. Every day, I'm so fortunate to be a part of this team. This is 49ers Plus Minus. Hey, everybody. Tim Kawakami here for 49ers Plus Minus. I just got back from 49ers. Locker room Billy's Kyle Shanahan he's Fighting through traffic just to sweat and churn and get myself in front of this in time to get make sure that Matt Barrows's schedule is kept perfectly in sync I don't want to mess I know the fear that uh, I have that I if I should mess up Matt Barrows I, I just don't want that Barrows we got this off in time well kind of in five minutes delayed but kind of in time
1: I appreciate the hustle on this um <laughs> but yeah five minutes later than you said you would so it's gonna <laughs> It's gonna go in your file.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna there's hell to pay for that one. You, when you delay Matt Barrows, there's hell to pay. I, I, should have like driven in the uh, on the curb or something through the streets of San Francisco <laughs> to, to get here on time. All right, 49ers Packers Saturday divisional round. 49ers first playoff game after a bye. We've been in that locker room, get a feel for it. Now that it's the last time we're gonna see him, last time you saw him at practice field. What's the vibe on the 49ers?
1: I mean, I think it's a really confident vibe. Um, You know, they wanted that number one seed for a reason. They got it. They earned it. And I think that they took advantage of it as as well as they could with uh, some really intense practices last week and this week. And um, I think it was beneficial that the last team that they practiced for, the Rams, um, play a similar style of offense to the Packers. And then when the 49ers had their kind of interest squad scrimmage last week, they were playing an offense that's similar to the Packers. So they've really been, you know, preparing for this type of offense for a while now. Um, you know, they talk about uh, um, eye discipline and all the the motions that the Shanahan offense that the Packers also use uh, works with. So, I mean, all that stuff, they should be well-versed with it anyway. Uh, and they just sharpened in the last, uh, you know, 14 to uh, really 20 days as well. And, and the other thing that, that jumps out is that their approach is the polar opposite to the Packers' approach. Um, the pa- Packers barely practiced this week. They didn't practice mm-hmm. at all on Tuesday. Short, um, week, and they, short,
0: short week, too. Yeah, short week for them.
1: Two short weeks in a row for them. So um, they had very uh, half-speed practices on Wednesday and Thursday, so it's really a, a, a contrast and opposites as far as how these teams are going into the playoffs. And, you know, I mean, you could say positives for both approaches. I mean, the 49ers used this approach that the Packers are using in previous years, and they did really well. They got hot. They stayed hot. They didn't overthink it. That's sort of what the pa- Packers' mindset is. The 49ers have had a lot of time to think, a lot of time to prepare, a lot of time to rest up. And so that's what makes it interesting on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just seems pretty clear. We're always talking about the Packers' offense because the Packers' offense is the only way they can really win this game, right? It, it, they got to get this into a shootout. I don't see them stopping the 49er offense, even if Purdy isn't great early. Like he, remember, he wasn't great early in the, you know, in the Seattle playoff game last year. I think he's better than that now. I think he admitted there was a little bit of nerves going into that one as a rookie, you know, in his sixth NFL start. A little different now. I just don't see how how the Packers' defense, which was a bad statistical defense, which gave up a million yards to the Cowboys. I know a lot of it was in garbage time. But still, those plays were there. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, this has got to be a shootout if the Packers are in it. I would imagine you would agree with that. And do you think the, the Packers can get this into a shut, shut, shootout? Shootout is the word.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, something I heard a lot in the locker room this week is how well the Packers are running the ball, mm-hmm. um, and so that that lays the foundation for their offense. And um, obviously, it's something that Shanahan um, values, and his his offense is predicated on. And, and that's been a theme as well. Is that this year, finally, without Aaron Rodgers, the you know Shanahan disciple Matt Lafleur is finally running a Shanahan offense. He's finally running that offense with. Uh, and doing all the things that that offense calls for, which is a healthy balance between run and pass. And so I think that the 49ers were impressed with Aaron Jones and how they ran the ball, how they ran the ball in the second half against the Cowboys. Um, you know, uh, the 49ers, again, the 49ers defense is well-versed in stopping that offense or, or at least knowing what the approach is. And the linebackers are are way better than than the Cowboys and probably the the defensive linemen, the edge setters are more disciplined in it as well. Um, But it's, it's a, it's a question going into this game. The, the, the the other factor that could even things is a storm um, Mm. that, that comes through. And boy, the, that weather prediction has been dancing around Saturday. I mean, it seems very confident that it's going to rain on Friday and it's going to rain on Sunday and Monday, but Saturday has been, uh, off and on as far as the prediction right now as we're talking um, it's it's supposed to rain uh, and, and rain during the game so how heavy it rains does that affect Purdy does that lead to turnovers that's that's another avenue obviously um, by which a uh, a weaker opponent can keep a
0: game closer. Yeah, the more random it is, the the more chance the Packers are going to have. Right, you know, turnover, a bad bounce, miss field goal, you know, uh, you know, a, a kick return for a touchdown, which you know the 49ers might be a little bit uh, exposed to, given what we've seen from their coverage units. Uh, I, I was I'm going to write a bit a little bit about this. I asked I've always I've just been curious because Shanahan kind of brags that he's never called a fake punt as a coach, and then I asked him about it today, he goes, oh, I did call it once, it year two, uh, and it was called off, and he didn't even know it was there was a check out of it, uh, and so, but he, he went on to talk about it, I was like, you know, he just doesn't feel like he needs to or wants to trick teams, like there's a the predominance of what they do, we do our thing, and let's not screw up our thing. And our thing is usually good enough to win, especially like, that's what I think, like a divisional round game against a seven seed that doesn't have a very good defense. If you try to outsmart yourself, you try to trick it up and not saying that the Cowboys did, although maybe they did. It, it, you, if you're just the better team, if you're the more physical team, if you got the better players, don't fuck it up. And yeah. I do believe, and that's you know kind of what Kyle said. I, and I've been saying this, you know, I, I was reading his mind in the past saying, why doesn't he call fake punts? But that's what it is. My guys can beat your guys. That doesn't mean they can't throw a halfback pass if you're overplaying the run, like the Rams were in in the game in, L, in LA last year. That's when you throw the halfback pass or, you know, you might do some end around stuff. That's just part of the offense. Fake punts, fake field goals, those just aren't in the, in the Kyle Shanahan arsenal. Now, wait. Now, if he does one, that's all on me. If he calls one in this game you can and it screws up, <laughs> that's on me. But it's just not the way they do it, and I just think it's particularly well set up for a team in this situation. Well-rested, great players. A lot of their injury, injured guys are back. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to use that as a kind of way into the way Kyle Shanahan thinks, the way the 49ers play, and, and why they're – Really well set up to win this game. Well, let's go to the injuries. The key stuff, Armstead, back, back, back. Uh, Barrows for sure. I and mean, Who else? What are the other notable kind of guys that the 49 are getting back?
1: Well, uh, getting back, um, yeah, Armstead is a key one. George Odom, I think, is going to be a key one. He's, um, you know, uh, they're, they're special teams ace, and also he's a backup safety. They've had all sorts of injuries at safe, safety, and that depth has been um, – thinned out a lot, especially the second half of the season. So those two are big. I don't know if Eric Armstead is going to be back back. It, hmm. it might be too much to ask a guy who missed what was it? Six games um, to be back back all of a sudden. Uh, but he's not listed at all on in the injury report. Uh, he says he's feeling well. He is their best run stopper in the middle. Somebody that they've missed at times. Uh, they, they, they missed him big time against the Ravens. Uh, on Christmas night. So yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal against this team. Eric Armstead not only is really strong, um, he's smart and and he knows what offenses are trying to do. Uh, so I think that's a big deal. The one that, you know, should concern 49ers fans is, is Dre Greenlaw, just kind of lingering mm-hmm. on this practice uh, injury report, even after a long spate of rest. It just underscores... Um, that he's been really nicked up this season. And, and we've all seen that. I mean, he, he just hasn't looked like Dre Greenlaw at times this year. Uh, and he's dealing with Achilles tendinitis. Um, that obviously doesn't go away after uh, a couple or almost three weeks of rest. And he's, uh, he's questionable. He's going to play in this game. But whether he plays like 2019 Dre Greenlaw – uh, I think that's a uh, that's a pretty big doubt right now, and that's uh, you know that's a big deal. When we're talking about linebacker play. We're talking about stopping the run. We're talking how the Forty ers distinguish themselves over the Cowboys and some other teams in the NFC. Uh, it's their it's their linebacker duo, and and right now one of those linebackers has not been hundred percent for a big chunk of the season.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's totally necessary for this game. But yeah, that next one, if they get the Lions, say, and you got Jameer Gibbs, you got to chase down, or you've got, you know, Laporta coming across the middle. If he's healthy and then he's banked up, you need those linebackers. And Drake Greenlaw at his best is a super, super important player for the 49ers. It's definitely something to watch. Definitely thought he was banked up even when he's been you know, he, when he's been playing. He's just hasn't looked a hundred percent out there. So we shall see. Uh Anybody else, Jair Brown? You wrote about. He's back, so that you know a rookie, but who has been pretty important for this team. You know, when they start going too far deep into the safety thing, you get a little worried on the back end. He certainly hasn't had like mistakes as a safety uh, as a rookie. Is, is he? Is he like plop right back in? You think there's going to be any little like uh, transition period for him in the you know well, in the playoffs?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, the 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 key with him is that he's able to play basically all the safety spots. I mean, he can play deep. He can play up around the line of scrimmage. And um, moving him into Sean Gibson, you know, one guy's the the free safety on one play, then the other guy's the free safety on the next. I mean, that's been really the the post bye week key to this defense is that not only have they married their pass rush and their coverage better, they've been doing a lot more disguises um, with that back. It's really the back seven. Mm -hmm. Um, The back seven can give you a look before the snap and then right after the snap, it, the entire, all seven players, linebackers and defensive backs have moved. That's what flummoxed Trevor Lawrence in in Jacksonville, the game after the bye. And that's, you know, I, I haven't watched enough Jordan love to determine whether he's the second coming or whether he's still a young quarterback in terms of starts, but you know, if this game got out of hand, I, I think it's going to be because that uh, that secondary, that that back seven, um, is really kind of confusing him. Which is, they've done well throughout the year, um, and they've done really well against inexperienced quarterbacks. I, I'm not exactly sure where Jordan Love, who's been in the league for a while, he just hasn't been a starter for a while, um, sort of falls into that. But it could be an area where a you know a, a short week for the packers not a lot of practice for the packers um could come into play
0: just on the packer question uh jair alexander have you heard about what what's his status going in this game pretty important player for them
1: yeah he had a pick uh against the cowboys um he's questionable for this game but obviously beat up so yep. um one of these guys that is you know dragging himself onto the field um you know that that, that definitely could come into play the, the 49ers are Certainly, the more rested and the more healthy of the two teams.
0: Yeah, I just—I was in there a couple times this week, and it was the typical, very lively, bouncy Four Niners locker room. Again, that doesn't always mean everything, but we saw how they came off the bye earlier this season, just like a rocket ship. Kind of feel there's going to might be some of that in this game. I think this is a game that suits suits them very well on rest uh they kind of been watching everyone else play them and the Ravens are watching everyone else play and I think they're looking at each other and let's we'll say let's go uh, I just can't see how the 49ers come out flat they that's not who they are right they sometimes they're tired sometimes they're hurt they very rarely look flat and certainly in, in the Shanahan era they haven't looked flat at all in the early rounds of the playoffs undefeated until unless it's the conference championship round of the Super Bowl so Barros, you going to make a pick on this. I, I'm sure it's going to come out in tomorrow's Athletic or whatever, but what, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, this is a, a veteran team that's um, done really well after breaks. I think that Christian McCaffrey is just going to kind of uh, come out in this game like a champagne cork. I mean, I, he's, he's rested. Um, he's been – this is the one missing uh, sort of element in his uh, professional career so far. Um, I, I think he's going to be great. And, um, you know, that, that's going uh, to – the Packers defense is, is going to have its handful. I mean, again, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to be writing about the Levi Stadium field. I think that, that story is going to run Saturday. Uh, and the 49ers have never been more proud of their field than they are now. They've got all sorts of new gizmos and contraptions to make it perfect. And it should be able to handle this rain that's coming. Um, that's the only thing that I think can kind of, uh, sidetrack this, uh, this offense on Saturday.
0: Slosh round a story on a natural grass field barrels. That's dear to my heart. That's uh, that's when dialed up for me barrels.
1: I, uh, I learned about rhizomes and cutting lengths and angle of the sun and grow lights and. Photosynthesis. I <laughs> learned so much this week about yeah. grass. I'm, I'm only going to put a fraction of that into the story. You got to uh, become a gardener you now. You got to
0: work that working on that in your backyard or something. You got to you got to turn this into something practical. It's too much work. Too thankless. <laughs> you're going to write about it. All right, Baros. I asked for some people that had, if they had any questions for us on the uh, site formerly known as Twitter. I think we got some good ones. I was ch- taking a look. I saw some really interesting ones. Baros, you're in charge of pulling them out uh, let's, let's answer some questions.
1: Yeah. You asked and, uh, they, uh, they delivered. Um, here, here's one that I think you'll find interesting. This is from Bruce. He says, how come Debo always seems annoyed <laughs> around the media? And, uh, that's a very good perception, Bruce, because, uh, I think it's right. And Tim, do you have any thoughts on Debo and, um, his, uh, annoyance with the media?
0: yeah uh it's often directed at me i think sometimes which is fine i just think he doesn't have much patience for kind of the the way we ask questions or just the the atmosphere of it he can be very good you know not at length but pithy kind of to the point uh but he doesn't there's some kind of questions he just doesn't want to answer and he doesn't you know he's confident enough that he doesn't feel like he has to Oh, I'll just slide off it and say something just to make you happy. That really isn't anything. He doesn't want to talk about it. He's not going to talk about it, period. He's going to look to the next person. Um, he is somebody who does not suffer fools in his mind. And I, you know, I don't think a lot of these questions are foolish, but if he doesn't think it's worth his time, he lets you know it's not worth his time. That's fine. That's all we have. And you know, listen, just be there. And if you don't want to answer it, don't answer it. Uh, I don't know that he loves the ritual of it. I'll put it that way, of their star players. Debo is the one who has least amount of patience for the ritual of talking to the media even once a week in the locker room.
1: Well, there's a reason his nickname is Debo and not sunshine or <laughs> or, or cuddles. I right. mean, that's who this guy is. Um, and I remember I did a story on him two years ago where I talked to his mom and she referred to him you know, in the very long interview I, uh, I had with her as uh, as Tyson, I mean his his given name. Um, so she doesn't like Debo as 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 a name um, because she says that there's a very sweet, loving side of him, um, which is his his real name, and then Debo is this sort of alter ego. And we've seen that in the past with with uh, Terrell Owens versus T.O. and things like that. So I think some of it is is that. Um, I think that he does like the attention and sometimes when, he, you know, th- he doesn't have the reporters around him asking him questions. I think that bothers him a little bit too. I mean, all <laughs> these, all of these guys have egos, uh, but you're right. I mean, he doesn't suffer fools and, um, um, yeah, it's, uh, uh I mean, he, he gets you, very you, short
0: sometimes with people. He's wary of things. Like if you just try to go up and chat with him, he's not that interested in it. Like, what are you doing here? Right. It's just like. He just, there's a clear line between him and the media. And there's some people he likes better than others. Some he likes less than others. And it's just, it's not a point where it's just like, where he feels like this is an interaction that's that important to him. And that's all right. He's like, he does go up there. He does talk at times and he, you know, he's not biting your head off. It's just not the most pleasant thing in the world for him, which is just fine.
1: It's fine. Next question. Um Barrels. Another another receiver question, uh, do we have any idea if slash how the 49ers uh, plan to sign Brandon Ayuk to an extension, do we think the decision has already been made, or is it fluid enough to be impacted by this playoff run? What, what do you think about well, that?
0: Well, who, who, who sent that question? Let's give him the credit.
1: Uh, Izzo Quest. I don't know if that's his real name, but that's his <laughs> handle. Izzo <laughs> Quest.
0: You and I have talked about this a little bit. I think they are re-signing, Brandon uh, We don't know the price tag. It's going to be very high. Uh, we, we know that he made All-Pro this year, did not make Pro Bowl, and but we know what Shanahan thinks of him. We know that if they don't have him, the first thing they're going to have to do is try to find another one. Well, that's not easy. I don't think they're going to have to divert money to Chase Young, as, as people in the beginning thought when they acquired Chase Young. I just think it's such an important position in the Shanahan offense. Shanahan coaches receivers. It's hard for him to find the one that he really likes. And what have we said? The chemistry with Brock Purdy is just there. Uh, you can Purdy. You're going to have to find the money for him. And if it means that you know, maybe Debo isn't long for this team. Maybe one more year of Debo, if it means that they have to try to find other ways, or maybe you know, guys have to take pay cuts. I, you know, possibly George Kittle. I'm not reporting this. Don't aggregate me. But I think IUK's kind of uh, rise up the ladder on the offensive hierarchy is clear, and they're going to reward him for it if he wants to stay. And I think he'd want to stay.
1: Yeah, just just think of how long it takes. Kyle Shanahan to groom a wide receiver to his liking. That is a an arduous process.
0: He's had one, right? One pure wide receiver that he really likes in this whole time. Debo being a different kind of player.
1: Right, right. But um, so there's that. So it's it's not like you could draft somebody and immediately replace Brandon Ayuk. The way that they thought that they could when they traded uh, DeForest Buckner, they said, oh, we'll just uh, use our first round pick on a defensive tackle. Um, Wide receiver would be 10 times harder to do. The other point is that they don't have anybody in the shoot. Uh, They drafted Danny Gray in the third round uh, last year or in in 2022. And uh, Gray just went back on IR. I mean, they opened his three-week practice window um, to activate him. They didn't activate him over that span, which means that he, he's done. He can't even practice with the team anymore. Um, so that kind of shows you, you know, the, the gains that he's made in two years, not much. Um, Ronnie Bell, I think, is, is going to be part of this team for a while, but, um, you know, not, not starter level. Um, I know that you, in particular, have been down on Ronnie Bell in in recent weeks. But, um, I mean, and that's it. I mean, that's, you know, you're talking about youth on this team. Um, Tay Martin is on the the practice squad and has been there for two years. I think that's probably the the limit that that he's going to reach. So I I do think that they could draft a a wide receiver this year. But, again, um, it's going to take a while for – Whoever comes in to sort of reach the level, the expectation level uh, that uh, that they have for that position, and to come even close to Ayuk, uh, it might be a might, might be a pipe dream at this
0: point. Yeah, there is one way you can always fit guys on the cap. That's if you are willing to guarantee them a lot of money that can squeeze down the initial cap hits, as we've seen them do. And you know, is it do can they in their minds think we know for sure we're going to get four good years out of Grant and Ayuk? That is the equation they make. You know they, they've, they've done this with Fred Warner or with Trent Williams or with George Kittle. It's basically, can we get three or four? That's the, the mindset, because if it doesn't work in two, we're in trouble. I think with Brandon Ayuk, they would feel very confident saying, we can get four years out of him. We can guarantee him $75 million or whatever would count. That's how you do it, and you fit him in a cap. You have to guarantee them large money. Jed York has to pay that money. Trent Williams has been very clear we know that's how you do it. This this ownership has been willing to step up with the guaranteed money. I think with with Brandon Ayuk, uh, what, what else does he need to do to be worth it? He's done everything yeah. possible.
1: And we heard Shanahan sing his praises today yep. about uh, you know the Pro Bowl and how it was a rip off that he didn't uh, make that. Yeah, list. Kyle, actually
0: sound pissed about that. I, I, yeah, he
1: was. He was. Yeah. He, he was. I, I, I'm sure there were a couple of you know Kyle.
0: Uh, you know,
1: had, does a good job of knowing who's good in the league and who's not especially on defense obviously so um, he uh, I forget the phrase he used did he say that the pro Bowl was a joke yeah
0: yeah for so, lack of a better word dot 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 usually he's like okay whatever joke is
1: like, a joke right <laughs> um all right well think speaking of uh, talent and finding talent this is from DJ Griff who uh, asked about it's sort of an overlooked topic given that the 49ers are playing this big game but he, he asked about adam peters he says uh when we're looking back at the current roster how much of it is due to peters hmm. uh, uh, adam peters now the, the the gm of the washington commanders
0: it's a good question and uh, you might have better sense of this i think a lot of those late round picks which have been so valuable to the 49ers i would generally think it would be a guy with his head down in the film room with the context, you know, the scout scout, which Peter's reputation is, you know, whether that's Drake Greenlaw in the fifth round, that's Jawan Jennings what seventh round, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that level of player, which are so important to this team. uh, I would say Peter's, you know, or another, you know, could it be his other scouts, but he kind of ran that group um if i had to credit him with players that would be of that level there's many you know there's you know you know just a a lot of layers of deep you know burford if you can you know like that's been a player that's given them a lot of, of value um i just think those kinds of players are i would generally credit to peters would you agree with that
1: yeah, for sure. I, I remember sitting down with him and talking about Talano Hufanga, for example. Hufanga, that's
0: a good one. That's a real good fifth friend. Fifth rounder yep.
1: who didn't do very well at the combine, but um, I always thought that Peters did a great job of this: was getting everybody's opinion on players, um, you know, uh, you know, assistant coaches and uh, the area scouts and all that. And and to a man, everybody loved Hufanga, despite very average, you know, forty time and and things like that. Um, and so, uh, they went around the room on day three of that draft and said, and, and Peters asked them to stand up and say, okay, what, who's one player you'd love to see us, um, drafting on this, the, the final, uh, day of the draft. And Hufanga got a lot of votes from a lot of different people. And so it ends up on the 49ers. It, it ends up being a, uh, a great story, but I, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I don't think that there's any, overstating the importance of having been here since 2017 coming in with Kyle and with that coaching staff and knowing the types of players that they like and so I know that they got uh, George Kittle uh, that year but a lot of these guys they got in in recent years and I think there's a real um, um, value to knowing the coaching staff really well and figuring out you know, this guy's going to work with this staff, and this guy isn't. And I think they've they've done a good, a really excellent job of of marrying that. the The, the other thing I'll say is that it, it, it to me, in my mind, it's distinguished from the Trent Balky era teams that I felt lost their rank and file. They lost the middle of the team. Um, Balky was always trying to, you know, hit a home run with an ACL guy, things like that. Um, and, and, um, uh, they didn't really have a rank and file by the end of 2014. They had a lot of star players, Patrick Willis's Justin Smith, those guys retired. And all of a sudden there's nobody kind of stepping up to fill that void. The 49ers have a good middle because of what you just described. They're, they're hitting in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. And, uh, and sometimes after the draft, uh, uh as well. So, um, and you know, I, I think that they're going to have, troubles like all older teams with a lot of high pr- pr- price veterans do, but they do have um, some some youth uh, to sort of form the backbone of the uh, of the roster.
0: You need those guys, you know, making not a lot Diamond Lenore. That's when I'd I forgotten there. There's another that's oh, it, yeah. yeah, what would they do be doing without him? Uh, yeah. And it's, uh, and who guy do have that. Not, he wasn't thrilled. They took somebody from USC. <laughs> like that, they don't have any UCLA guys, do you? Peter is a very proud UCLA former player and alum, but, uh, He had, uh, it, he
1: had his guy, uh, Quantrez Knight, um, mm-hmm. who was an undrafted guy. He was a, he was a Bruin and, and Peters loved him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, uh, the Cardinals snapped him up off mm-hmm. of the practice squad. And, and now he's an, an Arizona Cardinal.
0: Just scour those UCLA Bruin rosters for some people who might end up on the commanders. I might put it that way. Although like if you get like SC guys who weren't coached that well, maybe a few years ago, uh, you get, you get value there. All right. One more question. You got one more barrels.
1: Yeah, this is a good one to wrap up on. I just mentioned Trent Balky, So um, how can I, I not, him. how can I not mention his, uh, his counterpart there with the 49ers? This is from Adam Garcia who writes, since Jim Harbaugh is in the news, how does he compare with Kyle? What ways are they different? How does Jim Harbaugh compare with Kyle
0: Shanahan? Well, I'm going to say they are probably more similar than you think. Um, you know, not at the podium or on the sidelines. Kyle's a little more buttoned down. Jim is can be uh, off the top rope at times, certainly at press conferences uh, we know Jim is, you know, he is a uh, high profile, high burn rate, high, all these things. Kyle is a little more, uh, even keel about all those things, but I think they respect each other. I think we got that from early on when Kyle praised Jim Harbaugh at his hiring press for the Four which was not allowed for Jim Samsula. Jim did not praise Jim Harbaugh no matter what. And Kyle went right ahead and said, like there's been some really great coaches here. Jim Harbaugh did a lot of here. Harbaugh like that, told me he liked that. Uh, I think there's a physicality in, in what they believe in and the way these teams play. Obviously, focus on the quarterback position, focus on you know offensive guys who have respect for the defense and respect defensive players and coaches. I think there's some similarity there. They're you know, no bullshit guys. Jim can do a little weird stuff, but it's not bullshit, it's just him kind of being Jim. Kyle is absolutely not a bullshit guy, isn't out there campaigning for anything. You don't see him doing these big networking interviews. You might have to see it in the playoffs, but during the regular season, you don't see those kind of long-ass stories on what he's feeling and his emotions and what's burning in his soul. I think there's some similarities there, and I, I know them both pretty well. Uh, and I, I would highlight that there are some real interesting similarities between those two. There are differences. Barros, I'll let you handle. Like, what would you say the differences between those two are?
1: Well, I mean, the, the press conferences. I mean, Shanahan will give you just the, the most wonderful in-depth answers where Harbaugh saw a press conference as, you know, um, a way to uh, parry with the media. He, he saw it as, uh, you know, Pete Carroll kind of listening in via the media. <laughs> yes,
0: that's he, true. That is
1: true. He tried to keep everything top secret. I mean, Harbaugh ran his press conferences like, you know, uh, it was, it was the, the Cold War and the Russians were, you know, listening in for secrets and stuff like that. And um, Harbaugh could be really warm and wonderful one day and just cold and distant and combative The next, Um, uh, it was, uh, you know, you you didn't know which Jim Harbaugh was going to walk into the presser that day. Uh, Shanahan's been the same guy uh, from day one. I mean, he gets a little bit tense. Sometimes Um, uh, the topics that I see kind of drawing that out of him are are quarterback. Anytime anybody questions an offensive play, an offensive decision, he does not like it when you question whether um, you know, there was a player safety. I mean the the Trey Lance, why are you running Trey Lance so much? That really I've never seen him get um as short um and as tense in, in press conferences as that. And and now we know in hindsight that there was a lot behind that um as well. But um that that's the main difference to me. Um I I did some phone calls probably ten, you know, almost two weeks ago about uh, coaching searches and where harbaugh might end up and everybody i talked to said chargers 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 because he would find that roster to be very similar to the one that he got in in 2011 just in terms of um you know several kind of nice pieces intact including uh, a quarterback and i know that alex smith was a uh, a free agent when he came in to san francisco in 2011 but um that uh, obviously worked out really well for, for both sides.
0: Regenerate a kind of dormant but decent roster. That's what he does. And the Chargers absolutely seems like the right spot. I went on a rant on another podcast about it. What are, what are you afraid of, winning? Uh, the Chargers know what is best for them. They, they hire that guy with an executive he can work with. But good question. I do think there's the, the teams look similar, though, bears I would say. Like the teams are built similarly kind of the Harbaugh bulky when they were getting along style versus the Shanahan Lynch style. I think their teams do look and feel similarly, you know, built on the lines, solid quarterback play, run the ball, tight ends and linebackers like these are very important things that these guys believe in and some other teams simply do not we've seen the eagles do not believe in linebackers i'll keep going back to that i don't get it i didn't get it when they were in a super bowl i didn't get it when they were beating the 49ers i still don't get it i think you need to invest in linebackers end of rant good questions man we might do this again Barrows. that was pretty good yeah,
1: yeah. We get uh, three or four good questions to end on, especially when we have um, uh, two a week or like yes, we did this yes. week. So, we uh, might have
0: another one coming up. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But uh, all good. I appreciate the, the I like to hear what people are thinking about. And I like to make myself think and I like to see Barrows think a little bit. So I don't want him just going on automatic pilot on this podcast. Don't I want to see a little bit of creativity out of that guy. And we should say Kyle Shane. one difference between Kyle Shanahan and, and Jim Harbaugh is Kyle Shanahan has never kissed you on the head before. Not yet. Yeah, we'll see. see. We shall see. It was after a Packers Packers playoff win. That's right. It was after a Packers playoff game where that happened.
1: Season's not over yet, Tim.
0: (laughs) I got the head all polished up. Uh, It's looking fine. You're such an irresistible for head coaches sometimes. (laughs) And, And general managers, as we know. So, all good. Everybody, that's it. Enough great stuff. Thank you for the questions. And we shall see you next week.